Hi, I'm Matt, and you are listening to Real Things That Really Matter. Our heart in this show is to open up the floor to conversation about topics in the Bible and Christianity that may be hard to understand, and to see them from different perspectives. I know that we don't always agree on some things, but we feel that we should be able to ask questions and listen to each other as we walk through this life following Jesus. So sit back, grab a coffee, and enjoy as we venture into another conversation on real things that really matter. Well, hello, Matt. Hey, Mike. How are you? I'm just PG. Kind of busy days we have here around the holidays, isn't it? <laughs> it is. It is. It's been a little bit of a. It's been a little bit of a hectic week. It's been a little stressful. I understand. Yeah. Right. I'm glad to see you here. I'm glad to see you here too. <laughs> I wasn't as stuck as you. <laughs> right. <laughs> For those of you listening, we had quite a blizzard. We've here had this a white. Last week. We've had yeah. a white Christmas. Yeah. yeah. So anyway. <laughs> what should we talk about today? Let's let's dig up a question from the email. All right. Let me read the question from our listener. Yes. And it's about marriage and the role of husbands and wives. Here's the question. What should wives do if their husbands do not lead because they refuse or they lead poorly? And on the flip side for wives, what should husbands do if wives are controlling and refuse to submit? Bump, bump. Okay, marriage is a tricky thing. Marriage I is a tricky thing. I uh, I've had a little experience in there. Me too. Yeah, yeah. One failed marriage and one so far successful. Yeah, I've had two failed marriages, so I should I, I know a lot about the failure part. Yeah, I've got a little bit. Of, so I'm still going strong. Ten years this time. Awesome. I yeah. I think that's that's very commendable. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, so my wife is shaking her head right now. She's listening to this. <laughs> <laughs> so Ephesians five twenty two through twenty four kind of goes over some of this stuff on the on the question. Yeah, and, and says, I want to I want to I want to just say something into that real quick. This is probably the most common verse that husbands and wives have heard if they're married in the church. Right. And we're definitely going to break this one down. So don't tune out as soon as we read this. Right. All right. Go. Right. So Ephesians 5, 22 through 24, wives, submit yourselves to your own husbands as you do to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife as, church, as Christ is the head of the church, his body of which he is the savior. Now, as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit to their husbands in everything. And usually that's where it stops and that's, if you're a guy. That's where the fight starts. Yeah. <laughs> Keep reading. Keep reading that next part. This one's really good. Guys, oh. listen up. Oh, okay. I don't have that next part. Hold oh, on you don't have the next part? Here, I've got that one. Okay, this is the ahead. one that usually gets missed. All right. Ephesians 25, 5.25. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her, that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of water and with the word. So that he might present the church to himself in splendor, without spot or wrinkle or any such thing, that she might be holy and without blemish. In the same way, husbands should love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself, for no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it, just as Christ does the church, because we are members of his body. Wow. Yeah, we usually skip that part. I can see why. Yeah. Because it actually has a higher calling for the husband. Right. So 
Uh, that's that's probably one of the most common verses passages that I think is read when it comes to marriage or sermons on marriage or people that want to beat their wives into submission or whatever. Um, you know, we we read just that first part: wives submit to your own husbands, right? And right. And we and- as husbands go, you're supposed to submit, and you're supposed to listen, and my word goes, and this is how it's supposed to be, and blah 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 blah. blah right. Blah, blah. Uh, yeah. And it never works. Well, because they're taking it out of context, you're only following half the directions there, Mm, if that. Yeah. I I would say not even half. Right. You're picking out the the one that puts me in power instead of uh, as Christ loved the church. So I want to break that down a little bit. But let's start start with that. Like, that's a really interesting question in the email itself. How do you, what do you do as a woman if your husband does not lead well? And so by leading well, I'm assuming is exactly this. The husband should be um, a spiritual leader. He should be the one that is, uh, you know, training up my children in the ways of the Lord. He is feeding me as a wife, the spiritual things that, that I need. Um, like there, there should be something coming from him that is strong and Christ-like and bold and, and unshaking. Well, that's what I'm getting out of that. Right. And I, th- and I think you need to even go back to the beginning of the, the relationship when you start dating. Mm-hmm. Number one, mm-hmm. are you, are you a believer? No, that's the first thing you got to get that figured out. Are so, you yeah. a believer? Yeah. And then when you're going on a date, are you dating a believer? And if not, why are you dating someone who doesn't, doesn't, right. doesn't believe the things that you do? What's the move? You're saying, well, I'm just dating just to date. I'm lonely and I just want to date. Okay. But every date you have is a potential mate. Mm. So if you keep that in mind now, now you're dating someone and things are getting serious, but she's not a believer. And you're like, well, we've been dating now for three years. I guess, I guess I feel obligated to marry her. And what else has happened in those three years? Yeah, and have we crossed the line? Yeah, are you are you guys being intimate? Are you guys having sex? Right, and is because that why that's you're, another problem? Is that, that why you're created. dating in the first place? Right, and ultimately, and and that's not that's not the way to do it. That's not the way God designed it. Right. So now we're operating outside of the framework of what God designed. Then you're getting married to a non-believer. And then you're, and then you're saying, Hey, we should keep Christ at the center. Now we've decided, well, she doesn't feel that way or, but even though you do or vice versa, maybe she does and you don't. So there's all these problems. And if you don't do it the right way, you're asking for trouble. So what is the right way from the beginning? Let's yeah, let's it, it works so much better if we start at the beginning the right way. Yes. Like a lot of things. Sure. It's about everything. I mean, so reading past uh, those verses in Ephesians afterwards in verse 31, it says, therefore man shall leave his father and mother and hold fast to his wife and the two shall become one flesh. See, this is God's design as marriage, but there's steps and processes and it's not something that should be taken lightly, which we've made a very flippant thing in America. Right. And and in the world, I would say, I mean, bottom line is men, men, and I'm generalizing and you can push back on this, but men want sex. Yeah. And they probably want it more than women do for whatever reason. In most cases. I think that's probably safe to say. You know, I'm going to marry you so that I can say, well, let's have sex. 
Yeah. Or I'm going to date you because, well, you're hot and I want to have sex. Right. And that's the driving factor. And I think in a lot of relationships that, that men want. No. And so here's the thing with sex is it's, it's created for marriage, right? Yeah. And it's created and it creates, I don't care what you say. I don't care who you are. You can deny it to your dying breath, but sex creates this, uh, this emotional, spiritual bond that you cannot, it's a mystery, but it does it. And every right. time you do it with somebody, I believe in my mind, this is your marriage covenant. Mm-hmm. How did Adam and Eve get married? I don't think there was a ceremony. I don't think there was a ceremony. No, there was just... passing of the rings and the right and the you know the the honeymoon and all this. They were kind of in the honeymoon, I would say. So what would be what would be the it was thing just... that solidified their marriage? What is the thing that in all cultures at all times has been what consummates the marriage? Yeah, and it was sex, and it was understood that they were you know hey we're the only two people on earth. I think it's understood that we're going to be together. So now if if I'm Let's looking at it this way and I say right. well this is what's creating that one oneness, and every time I have sex with somebody, I'm giving a little bit of my oneness to them. I'm pretty much fracturing myself into little bits and pieces. Yeah. And then I'm expecting to have this relationship and, and see, this is where we have to start. How is this, how is the marriage relationship founded? We can't jump to the end before we start at the beginning. Right. And if you get in, first of all, in my view, most people shouldn't have no business getting married in the first place. They got to get their spirituality figured out, who they are in Christ figured out, who they are, and as far as who God created them to be. And then after they get that figured out, then they can find a, they can find a mate. But it's hard to go ahead and build the airplane while you're flying it. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> so it doesn't. It just doesn't work. It doesn't. Right. It, it does little whirly you're, birds you're in the way sky. Way better off taking you know pilot lessons first. Getting the airplane fixed on the ground and then taking off. So with your co-pilot who believes the same thing you do. Yeah. Uh yeah. So, you know, surprisingly, our favorite writer Paul has a lot to say about marriage. Yeah, and he, what did he know anyway? He never got married. He, he said you shouldn't get married, actually. Yeah, that's what he I said. I mean, bottom line <laughs> right? is he said, Me, not the Lord, you should not be married. I wish you were all as me. But if you have to get married, and here goes into all the list right. of stuff that he says, which is really funny. It makes me laugh every time. The one thing he does say is if you get married, you will see trouble. Right. So going into marriage essentially with thinking it's going to be perfect and hallmark and and beautiful and butterflies and unicorns, you've already lost. Your vision is wrong. You're going to have troubles. <laughs> um, what do I do if my husband is not a, a leader? Or what do I do if my wife is controlling? Uh, well, Paul says in 1 Corinthians seven twelve, he starts off and he says, to the rest I say, and you can read this whole chapter so you can get the context of all of the things he says, but I'm focusing on verse 12. Uh, to the rest I say, I, not the Lord... That if any brother has a wife who is an unbeliever and she consents to live with him, he should not divorce her. If any woman has a husband who is an unbeliever and he consents to live with her, she should not divorce him. So he's saying, well, let's, let's look at this. I don't know in the context of the question if your husband's an unbeliever and deciding not to lead because he either doesn't know what that looks like or he is lazy or... 
Um, on the flip side, the question is, what do I, what does a husband do if his wife is controlling? Well, maybe he feels that he can't lead. I don't know. That's a very kind of broad question. Um, but let's say he's not a believer and you want him to lead well and you've, 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 uh, well, why don't you go to church? Well, why don't you come to church with me? Why don't you love God? Why don't you do this? This is what we need. And, and maybe he's jumped on that bandwagon and said, okay, I'll come to church with you, whatever, just so you stop nagging me. Um, but he hasn't bought into it and he doesn't want to lead well. He doesn't want to do anything about leading his family to God because he himself doesn't even have a relationship with God. Right. I mean, the bottom, the bottom line of that is you said it, you need to figure out your relationship with Jesus first. You've got to be pointing towards him individually because I have to have a relationship with him in order to, to do the things he's asking me to do. And then when I come together with somebody who's doing the same thing, well, then we're both focusing on Jesus and we have like this triangle effect where as we draw closer to him, we draw closer to each other. And I'm doing as a husband what God has called me to do. And I'm doing what a wife is, he's called me to do. And it all works out. But if one aspect of that tri triangle is missing, guess what? A house divided cannot stand. It doesn't work. It doesn't. Right. And so Paul even says it here, you know, if you can, if you can live with each other, then do it. You know, um, not a very good answer. Right. Well, and, and if like, uh, the question says, and what happens if the, if the husband isn't upholding their end? Should the, should the wife fill the gap? Right. And I would say, yes, it, it, if there, if, if it's the husband's not being the spiritual leader and there's children involved, of course, then obviously I think the wife should. Yeah. They've got. Someone there's needs a, to be the spiritual leader for the family. Well, there's also First Peter, uh, where Paul is talking about the wife to the unbelieving husband. Um, and he says, likewise, wives, be subject to your own husbands. Three verse one, that's that even if some do not obey the word, if some are not believers, he says, your husband may be one without a word by the conduct of your wife when they see your respectful and pure conduct. So... You're leading your children to God. You're loving them and, and um, praying for them and praying with them and going to church and, and you're leading a Christ-like life. That's essentially the outpouring of the Spirit from you saying, I'm going to influence my husband just by my actions. My actions speak louder than words and actions always, you know, they've said you may be the only Bible that somebody ever reads. Right. And... I think, you know, you, the wife has just got to do her part. The husband's got to do their hers, his part. And if the other one's not doing their part, then at least there is the example set. It's like, hey, one of you needs to stand in the gap and do what God says. Right. And then pray about it and be steadfast and don't give up. Yeah. And let God do his work. Right. And there's always, there's always exceptions to all these things. Like, you know, right. if the husband's an abuser, like that's absolutely not okay. No, it isn't. If, if there's abuse going on, that is something that needs to be addressed. And if needed, uh, stopped and left, like you cannot, you don't need to stand in there and be abused and, and, and say, well, that's just my lot in life. That's not what I believe is being said here in any shape, way or form. Would you agree with that? I would agree. I mean, you and I wasn't necessarily knowing that we were going to go down the the road of. Well, abuse, I just want to throw that out there, just so it's not like, oh, you know, just stand in there and and take it like. You no, should. no, uh, absolutely not. Right. If you know, if 
you're being abused, call the cops. There you go. <laughs> so let the let the let the legal uh, system take care of that. But but as far as leading spiritually, Christ has to be at the center of your union. Otherwise, you're going to have a lot of problems. Right. Not to say that you won't have problems anyway, but you're going to have real problems if you're both. If you're not both on the same page right. with how you feel about God. And so I think sometimes it goes back to this verse that we read at the, the very beginning. Uh, you know, wives submit to your own husbands and husbands love your wives. And so if we're both really desiring to do this well as a marriage uh, made by God, blessed by God, uh, infused by God, this is, this is where you start to break it down. And when it says wives submit, this submit is not necessarily talking, um, I believe about submitting to my husband. It's, I submit to the Lord, to my husband. How do I love my husband? How do I, um, look at him as I do in Christ? How do I, how do I submit to him as I would to Christ and not as a legal legalistic totalitarian dictatorship type of relationship. Right. That's not what they're saying. No, I, I, how does, how does Christ ask me to submit? Is he a dictator? No, no, never has been. He's a gentleman. He's, uh, he's the lover of my soul. He's the guidance and counselor of my life. And, and that is exactly the way that it should be. It should be a loving type of submission, not a dictatorship kind of submission. And so wives look at this because husbands have submitted, said, oh, thumb on you, submit to me. Yeah, Do what I'm I say. The, Stay I'm in the, the kitchen. boss yep. and, you're the, and you're the servant. Yep. Go make and, me a sandwich. And you're, you're the lesser vessel. Yeah, make me a sandwich, wash the dishes, take care of the kids, sweep the floor. That's not, that's not what this is about it all. That is not what that's saying looking at, at this completely wrong guys. If that's how you look at it, you're wrong. Yeah. And you are headed for turmoil. problems. Yes. Turmoil. Troubles. Yes. <laughs> uh, I believe it's, it's the servant hood, the servantness of following Christ. It's, I don't neglect myself. I don't count myself as less than, or, uh, you know, subjugated to, but I lift up my husband to Jesus in order to, to, to glorify him, to help him, to, uh, raise him up. That's submit. Yeah. I, I love you. I serve you. I, I want to be there for you. Husbands love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. Boy, husbands, we need to look at this because what did Jesus do? Who is the church? The people who follow Jesus. Right. The Christ followers of then and now. That is the church. It's not a building. It's not a Sunday morning meeting. The church is something that's active and alive. And it's us. It's you and me. It's you as a believer who's listening right now. You're part of the church. I don't care what denomination you claim you're a part of. The church is the church who follows Christ. Yes. That's what he means by the church. So what did Jesus do for the church? He laid down his life for them. Yeah. He served he them. Washed he, he their did. feet. Yes. Made them breakfast. Mm-hmm. Taught, loved, sweat, sacrificed. Taught, loved, sweat, sacrificed. This is Jesus to the church. Uh, husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. Ooh. 
You know, here's another one that I like. It's First Peter 3, 7. Likewise, husbands, live with your wives in an understanding way, showing honor to the woman as the weaker vessel, since they are heirs with you of the grace of life, so that your prayers may not be hindered. Mm. So that your prayers may not be hindered? Yeah. Oh, so if I'm not loving my wife well, or my, my prayers are going to be hindered? Sounds like that's that's a possibility. What does that mean, Matt? Well, you need to have your marriage straight so your spiritual life can be straight, and and your your plans succeed. The Lord's plans succeed because you're a team. Yeah. There's, it's so much deeper than we've given it credit for in our culture. Marriage is something that that Jesus blesses, that God has created, that has been founded from the very beginning of the of the of creation. And there's a spiritual aspect to it. There's an emotional aspect to it. And there's a physical aspect to it. And the problem is, is when a, a husband doesn't step up and lead well, or a wife tries to control her husband, you know, they're just saying it that way. What does that remind you of? Pull up Genesis chapter three. When a wife, when a husband doesn't want to lead well, and he, uh, oh, you mean with the snake? And he decides to. <laughs> He's like, whatever, make the decision, honey. Yeah. No, 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 no. Read the curse part. Okay. The part where he talks about your desire will be for your husband, but he shall rule over you or lord it over you. See, when a husband doesn't want to lead well, and a okay. wife is con- trying to control her husband into leading well, what does that sound like? Trying to look it up, bud. Stand by, mate. Hold on. Hold on. <laughs> Don't give us dead air. Keep talking. I, I pulled. I put you on the spot. I put you on the spot. Well, I didn't know there was going to be a quiz. I know, right? Here, I got it. Are you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. Go. So it's in Genesis, and this is right after they've eaten the fruit. And uh, God has cursed the serpent, and then he t- goes turns to the woman in 3.16, and he says to the woman, he said, I will surely multiply your pain in childbearing. In pain you shall bring forth children. Your desire shall be contrary to your husband, but he shall rule over you. That's the ESV version. Um, your, desire, your desire shall be contrary to your husband, but he shall rule over you. There's Yeah, what does that mean? Your desire will be for your husband, and he will rule over you. So you're saying prior to sin entering the relationship, there was a different relationship. I believe there was. I believe it was how it should be. I mean, it was perfect. How could it not be? There was no sin. There was no death. There was no problems. Relationships were pure. Relationship with Adam and God was perfect. Even God was perfect. The animals were perfect. Everything was exactly as it should be. But then this happened. And so now there's this strife between the husband and the wife. Hmm. So how do I, how do I do this well uh, as a wife or a husband who has one that isn't doing it the way that the Bible tells me it should? And I think that comes back to what you said. You've got to have your relationship founded in Jesus, knowing who you are and the direction you're going, regardless of who around you is not. Okay. Well, let's assume, let's assume that someone out there, 
hypothetically, didn't do it the right way, and they married an unbeliever, or they married a believer who doesn't really care about his faith. Yeah. So the woman comes along and says, "Hey, I'm I'm attuning to Christ, and I'm gonna and I'm basing our marriage off Christ." She has to go to her husband and say, this is what I'm doing. Here's the verses that back it up. This is what I'm doing. You're either with me or you're not. And if you're not, that's okay, but I'm going to continue to be the spiritual leader of this of this household and and do things in a godly way. I wish you would join me. Yeah. I and, think- if, and if you don't, well, then that's your choice, but this is what I'm doing. And it creates problems. And it, and it, creates, it will, I mean- but it's, it's better that... She stand in the gap and she lead, then no one leads. Right. And I can tell you from experience, that's exactly how it ends up going. Um, For many years when I first married my wife now, I wasn't the leader. Absolutely not. Right. I I didn't even profess, you know, I wasn't going to church. I pretty much said, hey, I've done so many things that I'm going straight to hell. We've talked about that in other episodes. I, I pretty much thought I was on the path to destruction. I was on the path of destruction, but you thought there was no redemption. I thought for there you, was no right? redemption. Okay. For me. Yeah, All absolutely. Right. And so my wife had begun her walk with Christ when we got together. Um, and I can say from experience, knowing that when you play around with these things, that that's where the emotional, uh, baggage and problems happen when you come into another relationship. But Anyways, we went to, we got together and I was, I wasn't interested in church or, or really doing things the right way. And she was. And so she had started her journey and was trying to teach the kids, um, about God and taking them to church and asking me to go to church. And I'm like, I didn't want to go to church. And so she had to stand in the gap, um, because I wouldn't. And for many years, I was that way because I was more interested in just being selfish and and having my me time and and getting drunk and doing all these things until I reached a point where I said, oh, I do want to be a good husband and I do want to be a good leader. Well, now I've got to cross the, the problems of what has been created because I hadn't done it for so long. Okay. See, you don't just flip a switch and say, well, my emotional problems are all gone and I can just give this up now. Like, all right. Well... Let me ask you this, Mike. I don't want to get too personal, but do you do you feel like your wife, if she hadn't done that and she just continued to enable you, that would have been you would be in a different spot than you are right now? Um, what do you mean? Well, assuming that she she was like, well, that's that's fine. I'm I'm with Mike and whatever he's doing, and we don't have to be spiritual. And she didn't stand in the gap, and she didn't do those things. Would would you might. Is it possible that you aren't where you are right now? I mean, oh are you- yeah, I believe that wholeheartedly. So, I, she, so I her be- steadfastness and her uh, her standing in the gap changed changed the course of your life and your spiritual it, walk yeah, and there everything. Are moments of just watching her interact, and I've shared a couple of those. Just watching her interactions with Jesus in her personal life, when she thought I was either passed out or not paying attention. Um, changed my perspective on a lot of things. And and her loving me through all of my crap showed me true love and choosing to love, even though it was hard, I know, for her. Right. Um, and and it was her, what does it say in, in that verse we read? Um, Which one? That they may be won without a word by the conduct of their wives. Now, my wife, she said words because my, my wife likes words. Okay. She uses them well. Good. But it was her actions that changed me. It wasn't another person saying, you're going to hell. 
you're not good enough. You're not going to make it. You, you know, she, her words were backed up by her actions of being in my life and showing me who Jesus is. I and, think that's fantastic. Okay. Good for her. And it, it wasn't easy. And I know that oh, I'm sure it wasn't. I know that there are the times where I wasn't leading were draining on her because she was stepping into a role I should have had. And she had to do it all herself. Right. Yeah. Um, and so walking out of that, you know, there's so many things that say, well, let's tie this into that Ephesians five, where it says, wives submit to your husbands. Uh, submit doesn't mean do what my husband says. You know, it's not a dictatorship. It's submit right. to my okay. husband as think? I'm lifting him up and, and respecting him and loving him. And, uh, you know, I, I support him even though he's not being a really good guy right now. Yeah. That's my husband. Right. And We're again, in this together, even though he's not holding up his end of the log. Right. Okay. And and unfortunately, filling in the gap, that's draining, and it's taxing, and it's emotionally um, heavy, because it's not necessarily a part that, that she should be a part of. Okay. Well, how would you how would you characterize your relationship now? Are you both standing in the gap, you would think, and both doing what you're supposed better. to do? Yeah. Absolutely. It's I bet you are. Of, uh, it's been a lot of personal spiritual and emotional growth for myself and for her on our own, on our own lives rather than uh, first before coming together and saying, let's draw closer to God, to God together. Uh, it's been, it's been a long journey and it's been at times very, very difficult. I bet it has. Okay. Well, I'm, I'm going to thank you for sharing that. That's awesome. Um, so, if, if husbands lead poorly or they're kind of just, I don't know, halfway doing it, they're not completely in and the woman has to take up the slack. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. In fact, I think it's required that, you know, they have a spiritual leader and you, you know, you have to have, it's ideally it'd be best if both, both the man and the wife have a belief in Jesus and they are believers. Yeah, absolutely. And if I don't see how people make it today, if they're, if they don't have God in their relationship, well, they I, don't. I don't. Why is the divorce rate so high in, in our country? Why right. is, why is marriage not even considered a, a thing we need to do anymore? Because, well, I'm getting the things I need to fulfill my, my passions and my lust. So why do I need to get married? Right. You know, and it's just going to end in three years anyways. Yeah, and, you know, if you go back, you know, 50, 60 years, everybody went to church. God, right. was, God wasn't the enemy. And now they're just society, government, whatever, is, is pushing God out. Yep. And we're all the worse for it. Yep. And the, the thing is, is that I even, and Paul says it, but Jesus says it even better. God has, for this reason, a man shall leave his mother and father and join his wife and they shall become one. And let no one separate what God has joined together. Right. Including me. I can't just cut ties and run when things are hard. Even yeah. though that's what it generally is the consensus of today. And I'm not saying that, hey, if you're divorced, you're a, you're a horrible person. Both of us sitting here talking to you today have a divorce in our past. Yeah. We've walked through it. We've failed. We've done... Uh, both parties there's and there's two sides to both stories and that's for somebody else to tell but here's the deal um it takes a lot of work and it and it takes god to be the focus 
of that relationship in order for this beautiful union thing that God has created called marriage works well. Right. God has to be at the center for you to have successful marriage. And if he isn't, you're not going to have one. It, it'll be an existence. Yeah. You'll be roommates. Or a business a business relationship. Yeah, and there's a lot of, I'm sure there's a lot of people out there who say, hey, my marriage works great. She does her thing and I do my thing and we come home and we split the bills, but we don't really talk much and we don't have really conversation about God or anything spiritual. Right. Well, then you have, you have an arrangement, you have a business partnership or an arrangement. It's not a marriage <laughs> yeah. the way God designed a marriage. The, the beautiful part of a good marriage is the intimacy. And I'm not talking sex. I'm talking the emotional, uh, mental thought process of intimacy that you can have with your wife or your right. husband. Um, the walls come down. You see the real person. You love the real person. You can be safe with this person. You do life in a way that you can't do life with anybody else. This right. is this is the physical manifestation of in, intimacy that God wants to have with us. Right. Otherwise, you have like a legalized roommate. Yeah. Yeah. And there's no intimacy. And, and you it's don't hard talk- to get rid of them. Right. <laughs> 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 Sorry, and, that was bad. And some Tissue people, back. and some people, are like, hey, look, that's what I call my marriage. That's how I define marriage. And we distort as a society what marriage actually is. And if you go back to the scriptures and you look in the scriptures of what a marriage was designed to be, then that's that's the formula for having a successful one. Yeah. And if you get away from that or you don't start out the right way, you're asking for trouble. Yeah, and it does. It's if. There's redemption for all. I mean, let me, I can say it with experience. My relationship didn't start off pure and I wasn't chasing after my wife with good intentions. Um, but God has brought us both into a place where he is the center of our lives and he is the focus of uh, our direction. And, and he's teaching us through our relationship with each other and with him and, and, the desire to grow ourselves the right way to do it, the better way to do it. Yeah. And that's one of the other things. You have to want to. Right. Do you want to grow in your faith with Christ? Do you want to grow in your faith with your with your spouse in Christ? Yeah. Do the want to. Yeah. It's a hard thing. Without the want to, it doesn't ever work. I have to want to because I want to, not because you want me to. Right. You have to be intentional with it, and you have to keep Christ at the center. Yeah. And if you do that, I'm not saying you won't have problems, but... Even Paul says that. Right. <laughs> he does. <laughs> Paul was dead set against marriage, that's for sure. Yeah, he, but he, he gave some good insight to it, I believe, even though he wasn't experienced in it. Right. Yeah. Um, so I think... I don't know if this is an actual answer to any of the questions. I do believe that we can't just say, wives, do whatever your husband says. No, and husbands, it, it never says that. You have a free that. card to tell your wife to do whatever you want. Yeah. That's not, that's absolutely wrong. Um, husbands, again, look at Ephesians 5 and read the whole thing because we're supposed to be like Jesus to our wives. Yep, and I and I love it. Likewise, husbands, live with your wives in an understanding way, showing honor to the woman as the weaker vessel, since they are heirs with you of the grace of life, so that your prayers may not be hindered. Yeah, they're heirs with us. Right. They're heirs with me. Her and I are both equal in that 
in that airdom, in that airship, and what we receive. We're you're, equal. Yeah, and your spouse is your is your partner, not your employee. Yep. Yeah. So. so I don't know. There's a lot. This more than a half hour or thirty five or forty minutes can get into the the topic of marriage, but right. Um, I hope that it's given some insight that you can, uh, listener, that you can kind of dive into and, and maybe get a different perspective on. Um, I, I, I encourage you to do your own research to find some of the uh, things that are out there on good marriages, good Christian marriages, and what to do if, if you need to reach out and find some people to talk to about it. Right. Um, and yeah, find a, find a, and if you're having real problems, find a good Christian uh, marriage counselor, do yeah. some research and find one and go talk to them and get a, a better biblical foundation on a solid marriage. So, right. So I hope that helps. I do too. Cause you know, I'm definitely not an expert. I'm but not either. My opinion on real things that really matter. <laughs> yes. Thank you, Mike, for sharing. That was awesome. <laughs> yeah. And just for the record, I love my wife. I bet you do. (laughs) All right. Awesome. All right. Well, if you want to write into us, please feel free. We'd love to hear from you. We're really enjoying these questions that are popping up. Uh, I hope you're enjoying hearing us answer them. Thank you. God bless. God bless. Till next time. Thanks for joining us today. We hope that you have been challenged to study God's Word, to find out what it says, and to build on what you believe. Our heart is to help create a desire in you to draw closer to Jesus. If you would like to contact us with questions or comments, email us at MikeMattRealThings at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. Follow us on your favorite podcast platform to stay in the know of what we are doing. Again, thanks for joining us today. May God bless you and keep you. See you next time.